0: Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Good morning, Connect Church. How are y'all doing this morning? Everybody doing well? Man, it's so good. It's so good to have you, so good to see you. You know what's amazing about the Word of God that they just sung about? Is that every time you hold the Word of God, you are holding a collection of 66 different books, written over a period of over 1,500 years by more than 40 different authors spanning some 14 countries and three continents. And yet still, with all the difference there is, we have together in this very Word of God, the unified, inspired, infallible, the incredible Word and story of God. Aren't you grateful for the Word of God this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together, can we? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we look to your word, Father, as we read your word today, I pray that you would be honored and glorified, that you would use it in a way that as it goes out, that God, it will not come back void. And that Lord, that you would be honored and glorified in all that is done here today. We love you. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hey, welcome to Connect Church this morning. Uh, we, are, we are so glad that you're here, that together you and I can make much of Jesus as his church. Last week, uh, if you didn't catch it, man, I encourage you to go back and watch last week's uh, sermon and time together. Last week we unveiled a five-year vision for Connect Church because it's our desire as Connect Church, to position ourselves on the very front lines of God's mission to save the world. It's our desire as a church to find out where is it that God is moving and to join Him there. And to be right there with Him as God is moving. Now, as we begin to look again in our vision, I just want to give you a snapshot of what that looks like. It's a a vision to launch a new home. Hey, Zach, can I get you to do me something, brother? Could you help me with my screen? Because here in a minute, I'm going to show a couple things. But it's a vision to launch a, a new home for Connect Church because we are a growing church. As you can probably tell from today, our paved parking is 100% full and we're beginning to move in and, and fill up our, our gravel parking and our spacing. Even though we do a little bit of social distancing on a lot of our services, guys, we are heading towards. full and just a little bit of social distancing in our services. In the next five years, we need a home as we continue to grow. Also, we want to start a Christian school in the life of our community. Hey, it's time that in Sevier County, right here in the heart of Sevierville, that in our backyard, we have a Christian education, a kingdom education option right here in our backyard. To a space to watch our children's ministry, our students, our college young adults continue to grow in the life of our church. We want to continue to love and, and impact our families with special needs. In our new home, we are building a coffee shop so that individuals with special needs will have a place where they can work and they can run a business and they can learn wonderful job skills and be a part of what God's doing here in the life of Connect Church to continue to meet the needs of this precious community in the future. We are going to be the hub for foster care and adoption here in the life of Sevier County, providing foster homes and forever homes for our kids in Sevier County. We're going to be opening a graveyard to provide a free burial place for families on the most tragic of days in their lives when they lose a child, a free place for them to come and to be a part of that. And we're praying that God will move in this. Let me share with you some of our vision. Hey, does anybody know that there's allergies out there? Let me tell you where they are, right here. So y'all have to listen really good today. I've been struggling all week. Here's what we hope and pray to see in the next five years. A thousand people come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ and baptized. Over 1,500 people involved each week at Connect Church. Four to five campuses and churches planted not only in our county but around our region in places like our prisons and in our nursing homes and across our region to see a thousand people in groups, a thousand people each month connecting through serving. 300 connected and connect kids and students and college young adults to unreached people groups reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ in the church planted. The next five years, the main campus of Connect Church and Connect Christian Academy launched for the sun to never set on missions of Connect Church from our partners to our people on the ground all across the world and to open a coffee shop for individuals with special needs to run into work and to be a blessing in our community. I love what Dr. David Jeremiah said. He said the only way for the corporate body of Christ to fulfill the mission that Christ has given it is for individual Christians to have a vision for fulfilling this mission personally. And so I ask, what part, what part are you going to play? Let's do this together. It's going to take each of us to see it done. And I asked this question this morning. What is the most powerful thing that you and I can do to see maybe a, a vision like this Or our own individual mission and vision in life? What is the most powerful thing that you and I can do to see this accomplished? What's the most powerful discipline you and I can engage in to see that God move in our lives, in our marriages, in our kids, our businesses, our school, our workplaces, our community? What's the most powerful thing we can do? You ready? Pray. Hear me. The most powerful thing we can do is pray. It's communication with God. I had a church member this past week post this, and um, needless to say, um, he slept on his couch. He said this, guys, when a woman is mad, just tell her that she's overreacting. She'll realize you're right, and she'll calm right down. Let me tell you what that is. It's just stupid. That is, that is fuel to the fire, and they'll never find his body, right? That is... It don't ever work that way. You know what? Communication is hard. Communication is difficult at times. But it's important. Successful marriages are built on two people who try and do their best to communicate well. The best of businesses, the most successful of businesses, prioritize communication. Communication is hard. Hey, but for the life of the believer, communication is the very key to effectiveness. You see, back in 1875 and 1876, Alexander Graham Bell, he he invented and patented the telephone. Man, he worked hard, he invented it, and he began to market it in 1876 with patent number 174465, on March 10th, 1876, the first successful phone call was made. And here were his words Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. Isn't that very disappointing? I just think, could he have not met with somebody and talked through maybe a better statement to say that would last in all of history and yet? It was Mr. Watson, and the first words were spoken. And thus began the second most powerful communication platform this world has ever known. You might ask, well, what is the the first? Prayer. Prayer is by far the most powerful and potent communication platform on the planet. And it is also the most neglected communication platform In the life of the believer. And we see that played out in each of our lives and seasons of our lives. And we turn to God's Word. And we begin to find that the most effective leaders. And the most effective leadership quality in all the Word of God. Has less to do with personalities. And has everything to do with the power of prayer. So today... I want to focus just a moment on the prayer life of of Moses. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 33 in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 33, and we're going to begin in verse number 7. Here's what it says. Now Moses used to take a tent, and he pitched it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go before the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And the Bible says as Moses went in, a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When other people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their own tent. The Lord, now watch this in verse 11. Hey, listen, if if I could win you over ever on the most powerful communication platform on the planet of prayer, look at this verse. The Bible says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Hey, I, I don't know that there is a more apt description, a better picture of prayer than what we find here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Man, it describes exactly, man, every day that I spend time with the Lord, that describes exactly what it feels like to talk with Him. Face-to-face, speaking to to a friend, now I find this, you ready? Whether it's Moses freeing God's people and leading them towards the promised land or David's prayer of forgiveness and restoration or the prayers of Job out of a season of great suffering to the prayers of Daniel in the lion's den. Prayer has been the hallmark of every great believer and the beginning of every great move of God. Prayer. Prayer the most powerful communication platform on the planet. And so today, here's a lesson learned. In Exodus chapter 3, in the tent of meeting, you ready? Here's the lesson we learned. It is simple. That prayer is powerful. Hey, say it with me, you ready? Prayer is powerful. That is the lesson learned in the tent of meeting today. Because here's what we're convinced, church. You ready? Where you and I focus our prayer, God's power falls. Hear me. Where prayer is focused, God's power falls. And we see that time and time again, not only in the Word of God, but we see that in our own lives as well. Where prayer is focused, power falls. I jotted this down this week. Here's what I love about prayer. That prayer grabs the attention of the Holy Spirit. It garners the affections of God. It glorifies the Son of God, girds up the church of God, grips our enemy with fear, and gathers God's blessings to give freely to His children. Prayer is powerful. One of the features I love on my phone is the FaceTime feature. Because no matter where I am in the world, from the rainforest in Nicaragua, maybe to the uh, glaciers of Alaska, to the holy city of Jerusalem, no matter where I've been, I've been able to use the FaceTime feature on my phone to see and to talk with my family. I absolutely love it. Let me tell you something about prayer. What Exodus 33 would teach us, verse 11, you ready? That prayer is FaceTime with God. It is FaceTime with our God. I love what the author of Hebrews writes in Hebrews four sixteen. He says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Guys, do we really get how powerful and how important the prayer is? In the life of a believer. Tim Keller wrote this. And I love it. He says this. The only person who dares wake up a king. At 3 a.m. for a glass of water. Is a child. And we have that kind of access. Every believer in Christ. Has that kind of access. To the very king. And you talk about. Well the importance of prayer. I mean how important is it? Think of Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, the gospel of Mark, in a 24-hour period, Jesus preached the paint off the wall in the synagogue in verses 21 through 22. He cast out a violent and aggressive demon out of a man in verses 23 through 28. He healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law in verse 29 through 31 right before she gets up and cooks him lunch. Hey, Dana, if I heal you, cook me lunch. I mean, I love that. She gets up and cooks him lunch. It goes on. As he goes on, he spends the rest of his day and late into the night, Mark chapter 1 teaches us, healing people and casting out demons in verses 32 through 34. Man, what a day. What a day in the life of Jesus. After a day like that, you know what you and I will do? We'll try to do everything we can to clear our calendars. Maybe to sleep in the next morning. Maybe get up and go to Frank Allen's for some gravy and biscuits and just take it easy. Not Jesus. Look what he does. Just a few hours from the busiest, most draining day of his life to date. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, the Bible says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house, and he went to a solitary place to pray. Prayer was important to Jesus and vital. It was spending face time with his Father. In a sense, every day in Jesus' life, he went and he set up a tent of meeting. And he had face time with his Father. Let me ask you this. If prayer was that important to Jesus, that vital to Jesus, how much more important and vital ought it be to you, me, as Christ followers? You see, in Luke chapter 11, we realize that prayer wasn't just important for Jesus, but important for his disciples as well. Watch this in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to what? Teach us to do miracles? Teach us to cast out demons? Teach us to walk on water? Hey, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? Of all the things they could ask him to teach, Hey, Jesus, would you you teach me how to pray? Why? Because they knew where the real power was. They knew that prayer is powerful. All across our campus, you can look back here, uh, we have set up these black tents. And we call those affectionately our tent of meeting. And as we go through this vision process, as we approach Pledge Sunday towards the end of October, we're asking every family, hey, even every visitor, that at some point in the next few weeks, to find one of our three tent of meetings, and to go in there and to spend time praying for your church and for the next five years. We've got some prayer helps inside of there. It won't take you but a minute or two. But we want everybody to go in there and spend some time praying for our church, praying for your family, praying for our community. And why is it that we went through all the trouble to set up these tent of meetings? Because we're convinced where prayer is focused, God's power falls. And so we've set up, in a really generic way, our own tent of meeting here on campus. I ran across a story of a missionary by the name of Helen. And she spent many years in Zaire, ministering the gospel to a poor and broken people. She tells the story of one day that in their clinic, they had a mom who came in. And she went into labor, and the baby was premature. And sadly, the mother died delivering the child. And as they were mourning the death of the mother, they knew this, that they had to set up some type of incubator for that child to save the child's life. But in the clinic itself, they were so poor and the resources so little they didn't have one key piece to making that incubator work. And that was simply a hot water bottle that they would use. Theirs was beyond repair. And so the missionary remembered as the children were gathered around, they said, children, we need to stop and pray and ask that God would provide us a hot water bottle. I mean, they didn't know where to get one. They had no idea where it would come from, but they gathered the children to pray and also to pray for that little baby sister who had just lost their mom and who might feel very alone. And so one of the little girls near that scene spoke up, and here's her prayer, and here's what she prayed She said, Dear God, would you please send a hot water bottle today? Tomorrow will be too late, and the little baby will die. And she continued on and prayed, And dear Lord, would you send a doll for her baby sister so she won't feel so lonely? And missionary's heart heard that, and it broke. There was no hope in sight. And so later on that afternoon, they were amazed. When a caravan had come in, and a large package had been dropped off, there in their village. The children swarmed the package. It was from England. The children watched as it eagerly was opened, And as they began to pull out clothes that were sent for the children, the little girl cried out, there's a hot water bottle right here. And you know what? She didn't stop. She threw it out of the box because she knew there was going to be a doll in there. And she dug around just a little bit more And you know what? There it was. A baby doll for that little girl. And you know what's amazing? That our God in heaven knew in advance of that child's prayer request, her sincere request, and five months earlier had led a ladies' group to include specifically those two items that that little girl prayed for. Hey, can I remind you, church, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. You see, prayer might be powerful, but we know this, believer, don't we? It it just don't happen. It doesn't just happen because it's powerful. You see, here's the truth. You've got to set it up. Watch this in verse 7. Now, Moses used to, to take a tent and he pitched it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. You know what's amazing to me? There was a little setup time in this prayer tent of meeting for Moses. A powerful prayer life, believer, hear me, begins with setup, determining two things a place and a time. A place where you set up your tent of meeting every day, and a time you go in to that tent of meeting every single day. You see, Jesus he prayed. The Bible teaches us first thing in the morning. We saw that in Mark one thirty five, and he prayed late at night in Mark chapter six, Luke chapter six, and Matthew twenty six. Often, setting up his tent of meeting in an isolated place where he met. With the Father. You know what you find time and time again with Jesus? Is that He set up His tent of meeting in the first part of the day and in the last part of the day. And so, church, can I, can I challenge you with something? When it comes to your prayer life, your tent of meeting with the Lord, hey, give Jesus your first and your last every day. Hey, give Jesus. Your first and your last every day. Meet with him with your first and last. Create your own tent of meeting. Now, you don't need a big old tent like we do. But find a place. Find a tent of meeting area where you can have a Bible with you so you can pray through Scripture. Maybe a journal and a pen where you can write out prayers or prayer requests. Maybe a pad of paper. You know what I keep with me? In my tent of meeting area, man, I keep a things-to-do list because no matter what, every time I sit down with them, I start praying and reading, and something comes to my mind I got to do. So I just keep that pad of paper so I write it, so I can leave it, and I can remember it no more in my time with the Lord. You see, your tent of meeting might look like a comfy chair in your living room. It might look like a nightstand in your bedroom. The kitchen table or maybe a desk in your office. It might be the front seat of your truck or your break room at work. Set up your tent of meeting time with Jesus every day. Give him your first and last. Now, John Bunyan, who writes the Pilgrim's Progress, perhaps the second most popular book on the planet, second only to the Bible. And listen to what he wrote. He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Find God and run to Him through prayer each day. Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, once said, It is a good thing to let prayer be the first business of the day, of the morning, and the last of the night. I love what one author said. He said prayer should be the key of the day and the lock of the night. Hey, church, instead of counting sheep at night, why not try talking to the Shepherd? Face time with him in the tent of meeting. Now you might ask this, when I get there, let's say I establish this time, I determine a place and a time and I in a sense set up my tent of meeting. What does prayer look like in there? Let me give you a couple ideas. Hey, number one, start with praise. Hey, love on him, lift him high. Let him know how thankful you are for him. The psalmist says in Psalm 156 that let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And just get in there and love on him. And thank him. Here's the second thing you do. You position yourself. What do I mean? You ready? You position yourself in a lowly way where you position his will and his way above your will and your way. You ready? I want to teach you something about prayer. Prayer is not about us getting our way. Really, prayer is about us getting out of the way and letting God's will play out in our lives. We see this highlighted in Jesus' prayer life. In the Garden of Gethsemane, facing down the cross, he cries out in Matthew 26, 39, yet not as I will, but God's your will be done. In John 15, 7, Jesus said, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. He goes on and says, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. You know what's amazing? When we remain in Jesus, our prayers align towards his will. And when our prayers align with Jesus, we ask and he gives We ask and he gives. Here's the third thing we do while praying in the tent of meeting is we petition. We petition. Listen to Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what petitioning does? It's letting God in on what you need. It's letting God in with what's on your heart. And you ready? It's trusting Him with it. It's not just leading and reading off a list. It's trusting Him with it. A.W. Tozer warned. Him. He said this one day. Prayer among evangelical Christians is always in danger of degenerating into a glorified gold rush. God, give me, give me, give me. And it's all material and all financial. You see, here's the deal. I don't want a gold rush in my prayer life. I want to pray God's will to be my reality. And let me encourage you. Let me tell you what you want more than a gold rush today. Is for the will of God to be your reality. And we uncover that by spending time with him through prayer and our tent of meeting. Psalm 37, 4 says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You ready? The closer we get to Jesus, the more we delight in him. Again, the more our prayers line up with his will for our life. And here's the last thing. When it comes to meeting with Him in prayer, giving Him our first and our last, we must remember the passages and the promises of God's Word. Did you know that there are over 7,000 promises in the Word of God? And you know what's amazing? When we meet with Him, one of the things that I love to do is I love to pray through Scripture, and I love to pray through the promises He has made for the believer, and I love to pray those promises over my life and over the life of my family. Because let me remind you of this. The point of prayer is not to bend God's will towards me, rather to bend my will towards God. Sometimes we miss that. The point of prayer is not to bend God's will towards me, but for me to bend my will towards God. The psalmist says this in Psalm 59. We read of this. In verse 16, but I will sing of your strength. In the morning, I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress and my refuge in times of trouble. Hey, let me just show you how I pray over a passage like this. Hey, God, this morning I sing of your strength. And thank you that every time I am weak, God, you are strong. In the morning, God, I thank you this morning for your love. That ultimately sent Jesus to die on a cross for my sin. Empty the grave that I might have life in you. Thank you for loving me first. God, today you are my fortress and my refuge. In times of trouble, God, I pray you keep trouble away from me today. But if it must come, may I remember today you're my fortress, my refuge, and my strength. Those are prayers that I pray in my tent of meeting every every day. Give Jesus your first and last through prayer. And in between your first and last, let me call you as First Thessalonians 5 does, pray without ceasing. Man, honestly, you read a passage like that and you go, impossible. Nobody can pray without ceasing. Hey, listen, this is not a call to join a monastery and to spend every day, every moment, head bowed and eye closed. Pray without ceasing. The Bible says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know what this simply is? Now when you give Jesus your first and your last in the tent of meeting, in the middle we pray without ceasing. You know what that means? We keep a communication line open with the Father all throughout our day. You know what that means when I'm driving my kids to school? I pray with them before they get out of the car. We pass an ambulance out on Chapman Highway. We stop and we pray for whoever that ambulance is for. I drop my kids off at school. I start driving down the road. I got a couple of people on ventilators that I know of right now. I pray them through church members who are sick. Man, I just, I keep talking with the Lord all day long. I mean, I pray without ceasing. That that open communication line, it's not me on my knees while driving the truck. It is simply keeping a communication line open. I'll meet somebody in the store. I'll talk to them, see how they're doing. Man, pray for me. My so-and-so has COVID and they're not doing well. You know what I do in praying without ceasing? Not because I'm a pastor, just simply because I'm a believer. Hey, let's pray right now. Right here in the middle of Walmart. Let's pray right now. Maybe a waitress comes up at a table. No, we're going to pray right now. You see, in between our first and our last, we pray without ceasing. Church family, even with a weak voice today, even if my voice was as strong as it could be, I can't convince you enough of how powerful prayer is the most effective communication platform on the planet that goes largely neglected by the believer. But hear these words. Set up a tent of meeting in your life every day where you can give Jesus your first and your last. And in between, pray without ceasing. Keep open that communication line with you and the Father. So that in any moment of need or hurt or joy, you're already talking with him that day. That communication line is open. Because here's where I convinced: you. Ready, church? Where prayer is focused, God's power falls. Prayer is powerful. I want to share a story. Um, many of you have heard it. Some of you haven't you heard around it. But, you know, as we came back home years ago to begin to plant Connect Church, all the way back in 2018, uh, we had prayed for years. That as God was moving our heart to come home and plant a church, that God would give us a space that we could do so. And for years, I came back home before we moved back from Charlotte. And I prayed over this place. Mike and Jessica, I think the reason why there was a fence, remember that metal fence, uh, the swinging fence early on, is literally I would come and drive around seven times around this empty building and pray that God would give us, and people would call the police. And so several times, Sevier County, anyway. Um, and, and so we prayed over this place for years. Well, fast forward. This place had sat empty, and, and I thought, man, God, if, What a beautiful tool to to reach people with the gospel, God. If we're going to come back home and plant a church, would you give us that building? Because we have no money. Fast forward to 2018. Easter, April 1st, 2018. I was driving to Cracker Barrel to get my family some food. That night we were having a preview service. We hadn't launched Connect Church yet. We were having a preview service. And I thought to myself, I want to share with whatever my church may one day look like, I want to share with them that I've been praying for God to give us this space. And by the way, it was not anywhere near close to anything that was on the radar. I want you to watch this video. Team, would you cue that up? And just forgive how awkward and weird it looks, but just watch it anyway. 2018, April 1st. Here at Connect Church. I have no idea who's going to show up tonight or who's not, but just the, uh, the site of that building. And so in July, I'll show you this. In July, uh, we'd been praying over this space for three years. And we'd really tell nobody about it. We actually came in here with my team, a couple local pastors and some business leaders who helped us early on. when We had $4 in the bank account to manage that well. And, um, And we found out this place came up for sale. And so I brought my whole team here under secrecy because we didn't want to get out to our handful of families that were part of our launch team that this was even a possibility. And so we toured the whole entire place with the pres, uh, vice president of the bank, I believe. And, uh, man, I was just like, man, this is great. Like we could afford the place. We had $2,000 in our bank account. That doesn't even flush the toilets, does it, Mike, around this place. And so I'll never forget that we walked in, and uh, I asked the banker to leave. And I, right back here at this camera stand, I sat with our, our team. And I said, guys, let me tell you the word that runs through my mind here. Impossible. But that's the stage upon which God displays his glory in his mind. So let's just pray the impossible. And so we did, and as many of you have heard, we left, I'm sure they had a great laugh. My wife and I got in the truck down here at the bottom, and I said, Aaron, there's no way this could happen. And she said, I think God's going to give it to us, but we're going to see how he does it. And so I thought, man, thank God you're beautiful, right? You're just precious. Bless your heart. And we drove off. We told nobody. Two weeks later, this Snapchat comes to my mother-in-law for Mandy Connor, who had no idea that we'd even known the building or seen it. And across the Snapchat was Connect Church question mark question mark. Call you shortly. I was preaching in Panama City that week. I got that, and I just what? What? And what's amazing is she and her husband Jimbo had attended a preview night like we had on Easter. Loved the vision for Connect Church. And little did we know as we were praying, they were closing the deal on this property to create the beautiful resort that you see all around it and offer to us the chance, Mike and Jessica, Jimbo, Mandy, the chance to come here and to do church and life for free. And you know what, I want to just, yeah, yeah, I love it. Hey, can I just remind you, prayer's powerful. And let me just show you a glimpse of our family text. We never do this because it can get weird. But this was our family text at the time after this was sent. Let me make sure they're, okay, these are good. Um, Somebody simply wrote, the Lord is good, Zach did. And I wrote, this was on July, let me check my date here. I believe it was July 1st or July 11th, 2018. Wow. Pray boldly that God will do as we have prayed for years. Give us that building to build his kingdom. Pray the impossible and watch God make it possible. He is faithful and I pray we will always ask big things of him. Wow. Wow. And by the way, our family text never looks as spiritual, just so you know, this is a big moment. And then I just wrote this. They talked about starting a campground and a resort here. I just remember saying, yes, remember to connect church hopes to do most ministry outside that building. A partnership will be incredible. And you know what? It has been incredible. Last week, I, I preached a message that had this question. Tell me, is there anything too hard for our God? And time and time again, the answer to that is no. You know why? Because God loves talking with His kids. He loves in our lives when we set up a tent of meeting. We give them our first and our last. We talk with them about our day. Church, hear me. Prayer is powerful because where prayer is focused, the power of God falls. Let me ask you, where is it in your life today you need to focus some prayer? Where is it in your life you need to see the power of God fall? The most effective communication platform on this planet is prayer